0: also to, to believe that they're singing from their heart. Amen. That's a very important thing. And I think that's turned on. I think we're ready to go. Uh, our time is very short. I'm aware of that. And I'm going to move very, very quickly. Uh, just very important that we do some special things today. And so we're going to move right into the, the message today. Uh, the message, of course, it is Mother's Day. I, I put it at the top of my, the, I didn't really title. I just simply put Mother's Day Uh, 2016 at Calvary there are all kinds of special days but none should be as special and none as deserving as Mother's Day while on the cross Jesus spoke but a few words but with what strength he had he made sure to utter these words it's amazing he only spoke seven times on the cross but here's part of what he said. And if you understand that every gasp of breath, every time he had to push against those nails just to be able to breathe, to let oxygen into his lungs, this is what he said in John chapter 19, verse 26, 27. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. Then, he, then saith he to the disciple, behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. No one can offer any sacrifice that will exceed a mother willing to birth a child. No one can offer any example of love that supersedes the love of a mother has for a child. No one can offer any demonstration of loyalty that is greater than the mother's loyalty to a child. Mary had followed Jesus all along the journey of sacrifice and Mary had been driven by love and Mary had stayed when others departed and fled because she was his mother. And that's just what mothers do. They stay. A mother's love is so extreme that when a mother does something, now think about this, when a mother's mother's love is so extreme that when a mother does something evil to a child, even the world has trouble comprehending how this could have happened. In the mind of the world, if a man hurts a child, it was probably from anger, selfishness, lust, or just plain evil. If a woman hurts a child, surely she must have had some sort of psychological breakdown. You say, why would the world think that way? Because basically it's true. I mean, most often it's true. A mother, something has to snap before she's going to hurt that child. And I understand the world's changing and we're in such a, a world of wickedness today, but, but a true mother's love just would never dream of hurting a child. There's everything in them. That love is a protective love. In reality, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what, Mother's Day, There's synonymous with the word love. A mother's love is commonly stated and often observed, but what kind of love is this normal mother's love? And what I'm gonna do is uh, use an illustration and go through very quickly this morning five ways to love and it ought to be a growing process for us all and since we're talking about mother, mother's day and and the mothers and 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 one of the key statements that you hear or the words that you hear or phrases is a mother's love we think about when you think about mom you think about love i mean that's the most common statement uh when i think about my mom i think about how much my mom loved me i think about how much she sacrificed because of that love for me I think about how much she was patient because of that love for me. I think about how blind she was because of that love for me. And so the, but number one, what we're going to illustrate is what's called a natural love. A natural love. That's a a God-given capacity. God gives everybody. Everybody that was ever born has a capacity to love. Uh, this kind of represents that god given love everybody that 's in this room has a capacity to love. I put it there, but you probably won 't stay and so uh, we have a capacity to love so what i 'm talking about here is is that love that's instinctive it's that it's uh, it's that love a child has for a pet you know they just they just fall in love with it um, uh, our little daughter amber we I hate cats, but she was about two years old and she got a cat. How she got a cat it was only through her mother's love. Uh, and so she got a cat and it was a little little kitten and, and we kept telling her, Put it down. But she loved it too much. She hugged it, and hugged it, and hugged it, and hugged it. Kept telling her, Put it down. She hugged it, and hugged it, and she was walking down the steps and fell and crushed it. And so uh, and uh, we didn't have a cat anymore. And so but a child loves a pet. I had a horse, his name Oakie and uh, and honestly, I loved that horse. I would go out and just you know just tie him up, and I would just lay on him, uh, lay on his back, and I and I would brush him, and I would talk to him. He didn't say a whole lot back, but we talked a lot. And uh, but uh, it was just it's that instinctive love. It's that love that that a woman has for the child the moment she sees it, maybe in reality before she ever does. It's just. That instinctive love. And so that's that capacity. Everybody here has got a capacity to love. You have something inside of you to love. A child loves and a a mother loves and and everybody does. Uh, I had an aunt that I think actually hated me. I'm not going to tell you which one, dad. Dad would say, yeah, you had several of them actually, son. (laughs) But um, she told me actually several times that I was just mean and hateful. And that was after I was grown. And so, uh, but I don't think she smiled at me but once in my entire lifetime. And it was when she was about 93 and I told her she was beautiful and that made her smile. I think she had dementia, but but now the whole time she despised me as a kid, my mom made me think I was the greatest kid in the world. I was the same kid with her as I was with my mom, but with my mom, I was the greatest kid in the world. I had talents, I had abilities, I could do anything. So what does that tell you about a mother's love? It's blind and stupid. And so, uh, no, no, it's it just mama sees you with different eyes. She just sees you in a different way. And, and it was my mama that helped me to believe that I, I could do something. And, and it's just such an important thing. It's a God-given natural love This place in all of us, a child's love for their mother and a father is instinctive, and they have to be taught in some way not to love as they grow. It's instinctive for them to love. That's solid. It's there. It's there. And you have to, somebody has to come and break that, or they will continue to love. And so, now, the second love is called reciprocal love. And I'm going to see if I can do this without breaking my glass jar which I might not be able to. I did it. But this is, these rocks represent reciprocal, reciprocal love. You see, this is a love where someone, or you're loving someone because they love you. This is, they demonstrated love to you, so you return to love. But here's the problem this kind of love they stop loving you you stop loving them it's reciprocal love and it's a love but it's not nearly what we want it to be first john 419 even says we love him because he first loved us you know what it's saying it's the reality god's letting disciples say that they're human You know why we love Jesus? Because he loved us. But wait a minute. Is that the way God did? No, he loved us even though we didn't love him. And so in, in reality, many marriages struggle because this is where they are. They struggle because here's what they do. I will if you will. I'll give if you give. I'll be kind if you're kind. I'll love if you love. Counter- and can I tell you, you shake this up too much, and again, it's going to crush everything. It's going to break to pieces. It's a reciprocal love. Reciprocal love is nothing but a facade of love. It's not really love at all. But honestly, the truthfully, that's where most of our relationships are. You treat me good, I'll be good to you. You love me, I'll love you. You're kind to me, I'll be kind to you. But you mess with me. You're mean to me. And I light you up. Got real quiet now, didn't it? But it's reciprocal love. But then there's something called greater love. The Bible speaks of greater love. The Scripture even says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends, being willing to sacrifice your pleasure or profit or power or prestige, even your life for someone else. That's greater love. And that greater love, you know, we see that as an example in the, in the soldier, in the sailor, in the military man that goes and he goes out to war and he's willing to give his life for his country. He's willing to fight to protect his family's freedom. He goes through much. He has a cause that he believes in. He has a cause that's higher than himself. Uh, it, that's, you know, the, when we, the great example of that, of course, we hear so often is the signers of the Declaration of Independence. They knew that they were sacrificing, they were putting at risk everything that they owned. They knew that they were putting at risk their even their own lives. Or those that stormed the beach at Omaha Beach in World War II, they knew so many, they were going to die, they were going to drop. As, as they stormed that beach, they were going to be obliterated, but yet they were willing to do it for their country. Or in more recent days, the Twin Towers, when they were burning and, and firemen and policemen were rushing in, while everyone else was trying to escape. And they were rushing in to try to help others escape. And many gave up their lives. Realize that it's a great love, but it can be demonstrated by saved or lost people. It's a wonderful commitment to principle, to a cause, to a country, but it's not not necessary for this to be done through the Spirit of God. This, this kind of greater love is a sacrificial type love. I'm willing to die for you, but there's, you know, I, I once preached a message that it's really sad, really heartbreaking to me. So many men will say gave up their life for their country, but when you realize most or many of them, not maybe not most of them, many of them didn't just give up their life, they gave up their eternity for their country. For their family's freedom and you see this is called a greater love and it sort of fills in all the gaps and the greater love is wonderful but it can in reality be a human love because there's many many people that don't know the savior that have been willing to die for a loved one, for a family. That leads us to a spiritual love. Now, this is something that can only be done through the Spirit of God. This is when you choose, listen to this, please. When we grow to this point, this is when you choose to love a person who does not deserve to be loved. But you give them love anyway because it's just, it's right to do. You see this love in Romans 5, 8. It's my favorite verse of the Bible. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loved us when we didn't deserve it. God still loves us while we don't deserve it. And this, this love, the this spiritual love is a love that's showed uh, uh, to people that don't deserve that love. It means I'm going to love you even whether you love me back or not. I'm going to love you and be good to you. A spiritual love to us, uh, God showed his love, a spiritual love to us while we were sinners. We are undeserving of love. We are so imperfect, wicked, and even evil. Yet God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die in our place. That's an amazing spiritual love. When we can get to the point that says, I'm going to love you and sacrifice for you and do for you even though you don't deserve it. And can I tell you, There's a lot of mamas that they're that way. Boy, they love their children even when the children are just living like the devil. And what that love is, it can be kind of grainy and kind of rough because that's loving people that don't deserve to be loved. But that's filling in the gap. And you say, well, there's love full now because you can't get anything else in there. No, there's a fifth kind of love. It's a supernatural love. You say, well, spiritual love, and that supernatural love is this. You see, a spiritual love is when I love somebody that doesn't deserve it. But a supernatural love goes further. You see, a spiritual love loves another person when love is absent from them, but supernatural love loves my enemies, those that want to hurt me. And even though that appeared to be filled, there's always room for more love. There's always room for greater love, stronger love. Pure love. When we get to the point in our lives, and can I tell you, forgive me, but that's what I love about this church. Because in a world that that wants to conflict, this church has said we're coming together. And the fact is, is that you do that when you look and say, I may not understand you and you may not understand me, but we still love each other. We still care about each other. We still care about your soul. You know what that is? It's, it's when you go and approach somebody and immediately they're angry at you and they don't even know you. They're upset at you and they don't even know you. And you know what the natural, the natural love would do? Or any of these loves before supernatural love would do? They say, look, that's where you're going to treat me? Then go on. You can have the life you want. I'm out of here. But a supernatural love says, I still love you. Supernatural love says, I still want to try to help you. A supernatural love says, I want to reach everybody I can reach. And if you don't like me, you don't like me, but I'm going to still love you. You know, I, I've been out, out visiting and out so on in, in so many different environments, but I've been, uh, uh, especially down years and years ago, I used to go to a place where two roads, uh, with the state line, State and state line, State Street came into State Line Road, but it was up in northwest Indiana, and I would go down there late at night. And down there there were all kinds of people, and there was all kinds of bars and joints and all kinds of things going on. And when I'd go to witness to those people, I'll be honest with you, the vast majority of them hated me being there. The owners of the businesses hated me being there. The people did not want me there and when I first started going I'll be honest with you I didn't go with a supernatural love I was standing outside of a of a a bar there and I was uh, my buddy he was a pastor for years up in Pennsylvania he was witnessing to a guy and I was just standing there kind of as a silent partner for a minute it's about midnight and the bouncer came out of the bar and he said you guys got to leave from here we don't want you around our business because we were witnessing to people that were coming in or coming out and and uh and i told him i said sir i said this public sidewalk i can be here you can't make me leave and he said oh yeah i can i thought oh good uh (laughs) and so uh i said i looked at him and i said no you know because i used to be a police officer i said look you know i know the law here as long as I don't block sidewalk, you can't. And I'm not blocking your door, and I'm not blocking sidewalk. We don't have to leave. He said, you're going to leave one way or the other. And he was about 300 pounds, motorcycle jacket on, beard down to here, hair down to here. And he was, he was massive, and he looked at me, and I saw the shoulders tense up, and I knew it was coming. I was in the snow, and I was, I was in my cowboy boots in the snow. That's not a good thing to wear in the snow, folks. You get no traction. But I, 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 that guy started swinging at me. Now, thankfully, he was big and he was slow. And he would swing. He swung at me about five or six times, and every time I'd go, hey, man, now I done told you I don't have to leave. He'd swing. i said, I done told you. Stop him. And I stepped on the curb and didn't realize it and fell on top of the car. And that guy crushed me against the car and started choking me. You say, what happened? I died. <laughs> no, he's down there choking me. And man, when you start, I mean, all these thoughts are going through my head. And The first thought was, who's going to tell my wife that I got killed? What in the world am I doing? Why am I here? This is crazy. I don't care if this man goes to hell. And I'm sitting there, and he's grabbing me, and he's choking. And, and I, all of a sudden, everything in me came. I flipped up, and I came up between his arms and broke him from my throat, hit him like I'm shucking a guy in football, man. I boom, hit him, and he stepped back about three steps. And I'll be honest with you, folks, I never thought about it, because if I did, I'd lead with the left. But that dude came back at me the next time, and pooh, I hit him with a hard right. Come on now. Yeah. I know you're out there. Oh, that's violence. What are you going to do when somebody's choking you? And I hit him in the forehead. It's dark out there. I hit him in the forehead. Split his head open. Had blood running down the side of his head. That didn't bother me. What really bothered me is he didn't go down. I was like, oh, no, I just hit him with my best shot, and he didn't go down. I can still remember him looking at me right now, and he was just staggering, though. He was just staggering around. He started growling at me. He goes, ah, and I'm like, you know, demonic, you know, demons here, and he was just growling. was really funny. He was really big, and his pants started falling down, you know. <laughs> He's grabbing his pants, and he said, "Ah!" and he said, I didn't think you Baptists would fight. I looked at him, and I said, "Man, I ain't going to let you kill me. Now, the truth is, in those early days, I didn't have supernatural love for him. But there was a day that I went back looking for him. <laughs> yeah, I went back looking for him. You no, know, <laughs> I went back looking for him, and the truth is, one of my buddies won him to Christ. Amen. You know why? Because... There's a point where you realize he's not my enemy. Satan's my enemy. There's no man, there's no woman, there's no person on this earth that's my enemy. And when I come to that understanding that the Spirit of God says, I need to, well, this is what he says Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48 says, You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same, and if you salute your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. When we come to a spiritual love and find supernatural love, through the yielding to the Spirit of God, we also find the peace and fulfillment in life that can only come through God. Many a person that is saved and on their way to heaven are still living in natural or reciprocal love. But I'm just here to tell you that any moment they could go further all the way to supernatural love if they would simply yield to God. If you're in that situation and you realize, I'm afraid I, and I'm not looking at somebody else, don't look at your husband or your wife or someone else. You look inside your own heart. Is that really what I'm in? An instinctive love or at best from truly where most of us are is a reciprocal love. They're good to me, I'll be good to them. They're not good to me, I'm not going to be good to them. They don't love me, I'm not loving them. Whatever level you see yourself, know that you can move to the next level. If your love is not being reciprocated, understand that you love... Uh, your love would never grow until you face this reality and overcome it by loving one who does not love you in return. Understand this. You don't, it's only through having an enemy that we can learn to love an enemy. You know, most of us, we look at and say, why do I have to have these enemies? Why do they have to be like that?" God says you can't know how to love an enemy until you have one. When you sacrifice for others, but they do not appreciate or recognize it, then you now have the opportunity to grow in love. When you have the opportunity to love a person who is unlovely, who is not deserving, and they do not understand your love, you have an opportunity to grow in love. When you see uh, when you, you see you could never grow to love an enemy unless you first had an enemy. Adversity is what is used to make us stronger. Suffering at the hands of others reveals an opportunity for us to understand and demonstrate supernatural love and folks, we hate problems and and problem people but in reality God uses adversity like a file to sharpen us and knock off the rough edges where are you and would you be willing to step out and move to the next level of love that's the question this morning on this Mother's Day you may need to understand the love of God to first find the love you're looking for now the truth is some of you Many of you, most of you, and hopefully all of you, you know Christ as your Savior. That means you have the potential for supernatural love. Now, if you don't have Christ as your Savior, which means the Spirit of God is not in you, you have no opportunity to move to supernatural love. Supernatural love comes just that way, supernaturally, through the Spirit of God. But if you do not have the love of Christ in you, there's no way that you can ever pass, I believe, anything above greater love, which means I may sacrifice for you because I have a human love. I'm going to say this and I'm done. My, he probably doesn't even know this, but one day, about a year or so after my daddy trusted Christ, I was standing with my mom in the kitchen and she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she said son your daddy's always been a loving man but this is what she said to me she said but I've never known love like I've known since he got saved because getting saved gives you the opportunity now through the spirit of God to have full I tried to hurry this morning. I hope that it's been clear. Father, I pray that you bless.